Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce for Monday, December 7th. Four days away from NBA preseason. It's pretty wild if we make it that far. Just looking around the landscape of sports, and I, oh. it's just not, uh, it's not the most, um, what's the word? Uh, what's the word? Encouraging? I'm looking? Yeah. It's not the most encouraging situation when you just look around. I'm trying to be positive, right? And I keep saying, like, if there's a league that's going to figure it out, it's the NBA. Mm-hmm. But it's not, I'm not even, it's not even the NFL anymore. It's now it's college basketball games just getting canceled left and right, postponed, canceled, college football teams getting pushed back three weeks. I just saw some tennis tournament, some big tennis tournament got canceled, and they're thinking other t- tennis. You couldn't be further away from each other. You really couldn't in could any other sport. Be more socially distanced, yeah. Um, but um, no, we 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 need you to stay positive to have that yin and yang because I've been pessimistic this whole way about uh, kind of getting this thing going. So we need you to stay positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fair. I, sorry, I'm adjusting this mic a little bit so it stays in my face. But um, yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. Like I, I think. I do think that the NBA will figure some stuff out. I also think that we're a lot closer to a vaccine now. So, you know, rich people get that kind of stuff first because they can just go buy it if they need to, which is what the sports leagues will do if they feel like it works. If the players union's like, hey, it works. I don't know if every player, I don't know if they can like require players in their leagues to, to take vaccines. If you Yeah, I would guess they cannot require them, but I, I don't know. I wonder, I don't know the latest, the Blazers, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Actually, I'm trying to think of like when I was in working in the NBA, if they like made everyone, I feel like when I was working in the NBA, I don't know if they said to me, like, you have to do this, but it was sort of implied, like, go get the flu shot. Like they're in the training room right now, do the flu shot. Cause if you're the guy who gets everyone the flu and we have guys missing games because you had the flu and gave it to everybody, then come on. Right. That was, they never said that, but that, it was just the implication when someone comes in and is like, hey, time to get a flu shot. Yeah. <laughs> Go get the prick, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll do the quick COVID update because we, we got to go back to doing this sort of every day before we get into the rest of the show, which will be, you know, weekend recap, not, not anything huge. I think, you know, teams started training camp last week and, Sunday, team started actually practicing five on five. Uh, Kyrie Irving's Kyrie gonna Kyrie, uh, and then I, I think we still have more. We're starting to see a little bit of the reaction and the fallout, and the we're hearing from some of the people from this John Wall James Harden trade. So we'll get into that a little bit. But first, yeah, the Blazers had to shut down their facility after three members of their organization tested positive for COVID. They said members of the organization, so I don't know if it necessarily means players, but they just said out of an abundance of caution. We're seeing this everywhere in sports. It's just, I guess this is just part of what it's going to be. Um, I do wonder during the season if like a random member of the organization gets it, but it's not the players or the coaching staff. How is this going to impact practice and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, would that be enough to shut down the whole organization? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even think about that. That's interesting. Uh, well, and, and like... If a, it, let, like, let's just say, like, for example, in the NFL, it's the only it's the only real example that we can use at this level right now, even though, you know, they play once a week. But in the NFL, you know, like the Ravens can't practice, but they do virtual meetings and then they go play their game. Is that what's going to happen in the end in the NBA? Like if a member of the organization gets covid and they were in the building are they going to test everyone, make everyone stay home, do virtual meetings, and then just play when they get to the just play? Which, by the way, in the NBA, I think, I mean, you need to you need to, you know, stay fresh and practice and do all that stuff. But during the season, you could probably get away with that a little bit more because you play every other night, anyways. You're playing your way into shape. Like you're not going super hard during practice. It'll hurt younger guys more than vets because a lot of vets they're not going hard. By the mm-hmm. time you get halfway through the season, when you're playing two out of three nights, back-to-back, stuff like that, a lot of your practices become walkthroughs and and getting shots up and doing individual work. So maybe basketball, particularly the NBA, is maybe a little more built 
to withstand something like this. Definitely, yeah. I mean, not that not that game plans aren't super important in the NBA, but in the NFL, your your game planning is everything. So practice, I would say, is like if you're not out there during the NFL able to practice your game plan, you're screwed. Whereas the NBA, I feel like it's more conceptual, and you can get by with less practice on the game plan. Well, I, I could tell you this, like, um, like for example, on a back to back in the NBA. So let's say we were, you know, we were in New York and then we're coming. And when I was in Charlotte, let's say we we're in New York and we're coming back to Charlotte. Then, then actually, let's go the other way. Let's say we play in Charlotte. We got to fly to New York and we're playing in New York the next day. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do anything as a team until probably two o'clock. And we're going to go to a hotel ballroom. And we're going to literally walk through the other team's plays for 30 minutes. That's it. And you, I mean, you show some film, here's what they like to run. Here's your personnel report, this and that. But like the coaches are prepped. They've been watching film, the guy whose game plan it is, but like, it's not like the players are running through tons of stuff. You just, there's no time to do it the way the NBA season is. So the coaches have to be ready. And that's why you always hear coaches say like, oh, we're more focused on ourselves than on them. Because really you have to be because especially players, there's just not enough time to expect a player to know every... That's why guys like LeBron are just... It's just so so incredible the way he's able to know everything that's going on for both teams on every single possession. And Ron, the Rondos and that kind of stuff. But yeah, in the NBA, preparation is key for the coach, but the players... A lot of times they're just going in as long as they know their stuff and they know the defensive principles, you know, you just got to go with what, what's given to you. All right. It makes sense. That, that's a, that's a nice insight. I mean, that was my hunch was that, you know, there weren't hours and hours spent together game planning and that's, it's pretty cool to learn. That's the, uh, the timeline of it from, for a back to back. Yeah. It, it, it's really hard. It's, it's, it's impossible. I mean, especially, you know, teams are different now. Like, I don't know how it is now. We used to fly out the night of the game and get there that night and then sleep in and do stuff. A lot of teams will not will go either if you're home, sleep at home and then fly early in the morning or if you're on the road and you have to be back the next day. Uh, well, on a back-to-back, you're probably flying out that night no matter what. But it, for travel purposes, when I was at Florida State and in Charlotte, we, no matter what, whether we were playing the next day or not, we used to fly out. Now a lot of teams stay overnight so they don't like, because they've realized like making guys play and then making giant humans sit on a tiny plane for three hours <laughs> not and good not, get, not, good, not get good sleep, you know, that type of stuff, not healthy. So now mm-hmm. a lot of teams stay overnight and fly the next day. And so a lot of it's changed. But yeah, for back to backs, that's kind of how it works. And in a in a compressed season where they're going to try to make things work, it's probably just how it's going to go a lot of times. The other thing that came out was the league sent more on their COVID protocols. And I, the most interesting thing by far is if there are violations that cause the spread of COVID, it could result in a fine, suspension, loss of draft picks, or forfeiting games. Which I guess this this might be the NBA's like sort of fallback plan to not having to reschedule games and cancel games and do all that because, you know, like if you get a situation like was the Raiders where there was that video that came out of them all dancing and celebrating in the locker room with no masks on. Mm-hmm. If that happens in the NBA and a team can't play for two weeks, they might just have to forfeit some games instead of having to right. reschedule it and mess up the whole season. Wow. That's kind of, that's so wild. I, I mean, they actually do they're gonna get a lot of pushback like especially if a team is in contention you know and then they, they're just forfeiting games i mean there's always i mean it's tough to say you know you caused the spread of covid but yeah i guess if they're not following guidelines that are meant to prevent it from spreading yeah I that, know, I just, that, that would be a big step for me to just be like you that's a loss you got a loss there that is tough yeah that is gonna be tough for them to prove that this one event caused the spread of anything right yeah but loss of draft picks is not going to is not what no players don't give a shit so that doesn't no, mean anything. Yeah, I guess that's for so, I guess for the front office to try to enforce it and whatever. But players don't care. Fines depending on the fine. I mean, obviously, no one wants to get fined. The suspension you're going to lose more money because you don't get your game check. 
Um, but even forfeiting games, like you're going to get to the point in the season where teams know they're out of it, so they don't give a shit. Right. So I, I don't know. It's just impossible with the way it's also just with the way it's contracted and stuff to to be able to really do this. Yeah. But at, at least there's the option there. It makes it a little more scary, at least for like the teams that are competing that are coming into the season knowing like we really have a shot. They see this. Maybe they're like, all right, okay. I don't believe in COVID. COVID's not real, but I don't want to lose games. So I'm going to follow right. them. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. make sure I'm not letting my guys go out. To exactly. Like, hey, it's, it's, it's a, it's all a hoax, but, but losing games isn't a hoax. So, yeah. Uh, so we'll see, but that's, that's pretty much it. That's where we're at with COVID. Now I anticipate in terms of the NBA, I feel like every day there will be something new. That comes out. Um, let's uh, all right. Let's, so let's start with some of the headlines. From the, the most interesting thing to me that came out this past over the weekend. I, it it might have even been a back. Uh, what's today? The seventh. Yeah, it's like Friday. The Nets had their their media day, which you know usually for training camp they make most guys available to the media. They have these short sessions, and um, it was Kyrie Irving. Of course, it's Kyrie Irving. Um, he released, instead of addressing the media, he released a statement at training camp. Let me share my screen here so I can, I'll read it also, but so for the people that are watching, you can see it if you haven't already seen it. Um, so Kyrie released a statement saying the following, COVID-19 has impacted us all in many ways. So I pray for the safety and health of our communities domestically and abroad. Truly excited for the season to start. I'm also praying for everyone that remain praying that everyone remains safe and healthy throughout this journey. Instead of speaking to the media, I'm issuing this statement to ensure that my message is conveyed properly. I'm committed to show up to work every day, ready to have fun, compete, perform, and win championships alongside my teammates and colleagues in the Nets organization. My goal this season is to let my work on and off the court speak for itself. Life hit differently this year, and it requires us, it requires me to move differently. So this is the beginning of that change. Okay. Okay. Uh, can I start? I'll start. Yeah, you I mean, can start. You can. Yeah. Okay. I'm the biggest Kyrie basher hater, whatever out there, but I'm fine. I'm fine with this. If Kyrie doesn't want to talk to the media, fine. I, like, he doesn't have to talk to the media. Um. I, unless there's something in his contract, he's obligated to. Yes, you I, are. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, have, no, there's an obligation to talk to the media. I, I mean, I. It's weird. I, I don't know how it. I think I don't know that Kyrie is necessarily the one who's obligated to talk to the media, but I, I do think there are certain obligations as an NBA player that you have to at least talk to the media at, for a certain point. Because I've even seen a few reporters saying that he and the Nets organization, I'm sure, will incur some type of fines at some point mm -hmm. in the year. So yeah, if he's willing, if he's fine with paying those fines, and I mean, I, I have no problem with it. Just whatever Kyrie, that's. Fine. This is less of me having to hear Kyrie's bullshit in the media. And if he doesn't want to talk, he doesn't want to talk. We can't make people talk to these reporters if they don't trust they're going to convey the message properly. I don't know. I think it's fair. That's me. Uh, Well, I guess to respond to your point that it's fine, I think it's a little bit of a slippery slope. Um, I'll be I'm the first to I think we're both the first to admit. I mean, look, we have a podcast where we're we're probably the people that he hates because we're talking about him right now. Mm -hmm. and that's fine for but, the record. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. We, we our livelihoods are not based off of this yet. Rate, subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe it will be. Um, there's a lot of people whose lives, whether you love or hate the media, and this is probably an even bigger thing. Probably goes past sports. But whether you love or hate the media, there's a lot of people whose livelihoods depend on their ability to cover these players. Um, and, you know, the guys that Kyrie doesn't like, I'm sure, for the most part, are the Stephen A. Smiths, Skip Baylesses, the people who actually make headlines, who make $10 million a year. But who he's potentially impacting by doing stuff like this and starting these media blackouts, because according to Brian Windhorst, this is a bigger plan for him to not address the media all year to do a media blackout. 
But the guys that are at the games, that are asking the questions, that they have every right to do because this is their job, they're not making $10 million a year like Stephen A. Smith. They're making 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollars a year as beat writers just trying to come up in, in the business and cover these guys. And I'm not saying that just not Kyrie just not speaking is going to impact that. I do think that there's some type of like you're sort of potentially opening the door for other players to say, oh, well, Kyrie's doing it, so I'm not going to do it. And then what happens when it starts impacting people's ability to cover the team when you're in Brooklyn, you're a beat writer for Brooklyn. Who you want? Who do you want to cover? KD and Kyrie. I can't cover Kyrie. Kyrie won't address the media. So now it impacts the job. So I think that is that. So to, to what you're saying, yeah, I I think it does impact a certain, you know, a certain group of people. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I just I mean, it's all about that contract to me. Like if it's in his contract that it, that he signed that he has to address the media a certain amount of times, then this is a dick move. But I don't know. Maybe this leads to down the road, like negotiations, contract negotiations involve the amount of times you speak to the media. I don't know. I, just no, I don't think, think it, I think it is included. Okay. That's well, why, then, that's why that there will be, that's why there will be fines. Wait, okay. But you weren't sure if it was directly to him or maybe to the team. Yeah. I, but I think it's both. Right? But okay. now here's the thing. Now here's where this thing sort of goes off the rails for me. Um, Kyrie in the, he says, basically the idea of this is for him to control the narrative. But if he's but if he's not speaking, then he's not controlling the narrative. Like if he's just going to release a statement like this, then the narrative is going to be Kyrie is doesn't like to talk to the media and Kyrie's difficult. But that's already the narrative. So what are you doing to change the narrative or control the narrative by not speaking to the media? I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't see where he's benefiting himself by potentially losing money and also not speaking to the media instead of just doing what everyone else does. And, and de- like Kyrie Irving's not the first person who doesn't like talking to the media and thinks the media is dumb and asks stupid questions because a lot of, there are a lot of reporters who are dumb and ask stupid questions, but they're, they're not only asking him. Um, but I, I think part of it is like he comes across the way he comes across the media is he he's he's a dick. So they're going to cover him like he's a dick. Like that's just the way it goes. He could not act that way. Like right. I, I, I just I don't think that's his interpretation of what's going on. I think his interpretation is everything I say to the media gets twisted and, you know, then they take it like they make their own narrative out of it, whether that's true or not. He's saying, if I just don't talk to them, then they don't have anything to twist, which is kind of true. But you're right. It doesn't it doesn't let him control the narrative. It just gives the media less things to twist around. I don't know. Kyrie's the smartest guy in the room. I mean, we just have to accept that. You know? Yeah, but that's the thing. So with Kyrie, I mean, I think I've even said it on this. We, I think we've talked about it on here. Like, in general, at least in my experience, I'm sure this is your experience too. Like, the guy in the room who thinks he's the funniest guy in the room is never the funniest guy in the room. Or the guy who, like, thinks he's the strongest guy in the room and could kick everyone's ass has probably never been in a fight. The guy who like goes out of his way to be the smartest guy in the room is is not is probably not that sm- he might he might be smart he's not the smartest guy in the room, and the reason why Kyrie gets covered the way he gets covered is because he always tries he's trying so hard to come across as the smartest guy in the room, but he's also doing that to a, a group of people who went to school for four years probably six years seven years degrees in journalism, went to really good schools. Not that that makes them smarter, but worked their asses off to be smart and be good at their jobs. And he talks to them like they're children. Like, oh, you yeah. don't understand the way it is right. to be a professional athlete and the media, but, the, the, like that whole, that whole shit. He can say the, he can say things like what he believes in a way that doesn't come across as a complete asshole. And then yeah, he would I be, agree. then he would yeah. be controlling the narrative. It Look, wouldn't be, he doesn't have to change his opinion. Like, like Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's a guy who he 
blatantly, you can tell doesn't like addressing the media for the most part. But people, the only thing people crush about him is his game. But that's that's the way it works. That's NBA. That's that's the life of being a professional athlete. But no one's like, God, Russ is such a he's such an asshole. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. They're just like, okay, this is Russ. You know, if Kyrie would just treat it that way, they'd be like, all right, that's just Kyrie. You know, he's just difficult with the media, whatever. But it's the way he comes across with the holier than thou thing, and I'm the smartest guy in the room. It's terrible. Yeah, well, I just, I don't think he's capable of being any other way. I really don't. I I just I think that's who he is. Yeah. I mean, there's a way. Like, like for example, you know, I, I think about when I think about like the smartest guy in the room thing. I think about Jalen Brown, right? When Jalen mm-hmm. Brown came into the draft, there was the reports that came out that were like he plays the piano and he plays chess and he took grad level classes at Cal and he turned down offers from better basketball schools to go to Cal Berkeley. He may be too smart for the NBA. Um, and then when you listen to him talk, it's like, yeah, this guy's pretty intelligent, but he lets his intelligence speak for itself. He's not out here trying to make these, make these philosophical points and this and that and whatever. Kyrie, I, I get it, man. People, people are that way sometimes, but like, it seems so blatant that he's trying to be that guy instead of just right. being yeah. that guy. Exactly. And that's what people don't like. Yeah. I mean, not only is Jalen Brown very intelligent in terms of different subjects, he's also socially intelligent. You know, he knows how to how to speak to people to make his uh, his points appreciated. Kyrie doesn't have that. He has no social intelligence, in my opinion. Um, That's the the way. That's a great point. Yeah. The way he speaks to people, they it's off putting all the time. And that's why people write the things they do about Kyrie Irving. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point because by all accounts, and I will caveat it by saying this, I consider the Kyrie thing as similar to the Boogie thing, right? Like Boogie, not in terms of trying to be the smartest guy in the room, but there's like the narrative that Boogie's not a good teammate or he's an asshole because of the way he plays on the floor and all that. But off the court, the guy wins awards for this stuff he does in his community. By all accounts, Kyrie is actually a great is it truly like a really good person? Like he gave a bunch of money to the WNBA players last year when they couldn't play. And he, he donates money here. I mean, he's just, I mean, he does a lot of really good stuff that he doesn't have to do. So by all accounts, the guy is is a good dude, but I think your point is perfect. His social awareness is so it's like, he's, he may have a high IQ, but his EQ is zero. Okay. Yeah. Like you know. That. You know what I mean. Yeah, like what I'm, exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's but it but somebody in his circle. There's got to be somebody in his circle that could be like, dude, handle. You can handle this a little better. But he may he just doesn't tr- truly just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, I I guess to your point, yeah, it's fair. If he That's truly just, where, yeah, he doesn't. If he's gonna pay the fines or do whatever, then fine. You can't force him to talk. So. Well, I, I think you. Well, I guess yeah, that's true. You can't you, you can't force him if he's willing to pay fines if they're going to fine him. Yeah. <sighs> Weird one. Uh, I, it, something tells me this is not the last time Kyrie Irving will be addressing the media. But here's year. the here's the other, and here was the last thing that I, had. I I I think Kyrie he always has this thing of I'm not just a basketball player. I want to be remembered. You know, I want to be. I'm more than a basketball player. I want to be remembered. But but like the more he does shit like this. People aren't going to remember him as a basketball player. They're not going to remember him as a scholar. They're not going to remember him as anything other than difficult. Yes, exactly. So he's only hurting his own legacy by just continuing to do stupid shit that, or perceived stupid shit. Maybe he revolutionizes the way players have to deal with media. Who knows? But the perception is just making his legacy seem like he's just a dick. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Whether it's fair, whether that's a fair perception on exactly. my end or not. Again, because yeah, by all accounts, he's probably a really good dude or seemingly a, a good, you know, he does what he can. Mm-hmm. But if he really wants his legacy to be like, I'm more than a basketball player, I'm this, I'm that. Just let your intelligence speak for itself. Don't try so hard, bro. Yeah. <laughs> try a little harder to just stay on the court and play basketball. Just try a little harder to do that. Uh. The other, so the, the the next, the best, that was the story that I had the most like on my mind over the weekend. Cause Kyrie, cause that whole situation was just 
it's just absurd to me. The best story that came out this weekend was that the Hawks reportedly offered the Kings. Oh, that, that, that graphic's wrong. So the Hawks reportedly offered the Kings a future first round pick for a sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich that the Kings turned down and then didn't match his offer sheet. So the Kings got nothing. Probably the most Kings move I've ever heard of. So my interpret they had nothing to lose, right? They had nothing to lose. Like it was well, only n- beneficial to accept the offer, right? Right. So here's the thing about the 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 the, the pick was the Thunder's 2022 first round pick lottery protected, and if they didn't get it in 2022, then it becomes a 24, 2024 and a 2025 second two second round picks in 2024 and 2025. So maybe the Kings were like, we can do better. Or whatever, but they didn't. Um, so here's, but and then they didn't match, so they got nothing. Like it, it, it's. So here's the only thing, and maybe I'm missing something, but like maybe this was so just in spite of like, fuck you, we're the kings. If we do that, the Hawks bring him on with his bird rights, and they're just like, fuck, you're not getting his bird rights. Is that possible? <laughs> like. If it's a sign and trade, then they they bring no. him in with the bird rights and they let Sacramento or they let from the what Hawks. I from the stuff I read, it sounds like they just didn't like that pick because of the protections. And but then but they had to know that by all accounts in twenty twenty two the Thunder are going to be in the lottery. So but, that but then it's going to become two second round picks. But if you're the Kings, like why not just get two assets for? That's what I'm saying. They had to know that. He was going to, like, if they didn't match it, he was going to go there. So why not? Do, I, I don't know. It's bizarre. It, this would be one, if it was any other franchise, it'd be like, ah, I don't really buy that report. But since it's the Kings, I'm like, well, that, that probably is exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, what, and then now, doing? now there's a, another report out that says that any deal that potentially happens for Buddy Heald, they want draft capital. Not that they're, and there's not a deal that's imminent, but if there, if a deal happens, they want draft capital. But they didn't want just free picks for a guy that they weren't going to sign anyways. It just and here's the crazy thing: they have a new GM. This is not the old guard just doing stupid shit. This is a new GM. But same thing. How is that possible? I don't know. I mean, it's it is possible that the reports are bullshit, but it's just so sad that it's also totally plausible. That's how. That's how I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not totally sure that the Hawks thing is even a report anymore. I think it like it was an offer out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I could be Um, wrong about that, but, um, by the way, did you see, so the three point ratings came out for two K and buddy Heald's not in the top 10. Really? And he won three point contest last year. Yeah. He responded to it on Twitter with a picture of him holding up. The three point thing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I mean, he should probably be in the top 10. I would think, think so. Like at nine or 10, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe higher. I don't know. Yeah. He's a pretty good three point shooter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. Uh, okay. So that was my favorite story of the weekend because it's just we we kill the king so much on here, but they do it to themselves. They really do. They, they do it really to themselves. Do. Like they're just setting themselves up to just get knocked down every time. What? Would you be willing to? I, I'm on the fence about saying that the Thunder end up with a better record than the Kings. Uh, Just no, like for from playing good. harder I'm, and not becoming because the thing is, I think the Thunder, and I'm I, it's, I'm probably wrong. I'm almost certainly wrong about this. Thunder have a very legitimate shot of having the worst record in the NBA next year, but the Thunder are young and they, I think. NBA players are not stupid. I don't think there's a player on the Thunder's roster who's like, we're going to win a title next year. So they go into the season with nothing to lose, but just playing hard and getting better. So the Kings have been a fringe playoff team for so long that they go into next season thinking, all right, we still got to, we got to make the playoffs eventually. And then when they get to the point in the middle of the season where it's like, God, we're not a playoff team. That thing, they could give up like that. I buy. I don't think it's ridiculous. I just think 
from the Thunder standpoint, it is so crystal clear for management that the goal is to lose as many games as possible this season. That I just there to me, there's no. They are the strong front runner for worst record in the league. Um, like we talked with that Ubre trade, they want to lose this year. That that's the true. King, the Kings probably should want to lose this year. But tell that to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, that's and Darius Baisley. No, I'm yeah. saying they're going to play though. They're going to play hard. I know. Yeah. yeah tell that to hard. their G League coach that they just hired, who's trying to prove that he deserves to be a head coach. Now he may have a thing with Presti, kind of like how your boy had with Hinky. Where it's like, look, we're gonna lose. Like we gotta lose. We gotta get these picks. That's possible. But even that, what? I think that's what I think that is. But even that, eventually, they'll learn this in 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 OKC if they don't build the right way through the draft or get the right. After two or three years of that, if you're just getting pounded out every year, the pressure starts to go on somebody, and then it generally goes on the coach. Like, why aren't they getting better? These are the guys we brought in to become better. Why aren't they? And that guy. So if I'm that guy, I'm trying to win games. I don't give a shit what they say. I'm trying to win games because even when, when this thing's over, if he's out in three years or if he's out in two or three or four years and they never got better, I want to at least on my resume be like, look at what I did with this shitty ass roster. <laughs> yeah. It's hard for it's you true. to tell me in my first ever head coaching job, we're going to lose games. Like I'm going out there to win every game. Yeah. No, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that the people on the court and the coach will want to win games, but that Ross, like, if they even start sniffing, you know, a three-game win streak, they'll they'll trade somebody yeah, or know. get rid of somebody. Yep. Uh, all right. So, John Wall and Russell Westbrook both addressed the media for the first time in their new with their new teams. Uh, we'll start with Wall. Uh, part of what he said was basically the biggest thing that came out of his address to, he said he anticipates being back at an all-star level. We'll see. Hasn't played in a while. Uh, he was 28. The last time he played basketball, he is now 30. Um, but he says that him and James, he has, Steven Silas has not spoken or has not been in communication with Harden regularly. John Wallace says he has been in communication with James Harden and anticipates. He says that they've been on the same page since he got traded and that Harden wants to be in Houston. Now, okay. Harden missed the first day of training camp, five on five, because I, I, now if anybody, if I'm wrong about this, someone leave a comment or tweet at us at NBA Morning Deuce and let me know. He was at Lil Baby's birthday party, and I believe he's had to quarantine since then. So he, he hasn't gotten through the protocol to be able to be at... Well, oh. Or maybe it was his birthday and, or something. There was something involving Lil Baby because I saw um, some like Twitter videos of him giving him presents and stuff. But I'm pretty sure it was something like he was recently at a, at the, at a thing and he's and he he couldn't practice with the team today. That's why he's not there. Yeah, because he hasn't he's not through the protocol yet. That's I mean, that to me, that I don't know. My gut, my natural reaction is to read too much into that. And like that says to me he really doesn't want to be there. You know, he really doesn't give a shit, but maybe I'm overreacting. I, I don't know that that's just a really bad look for me. And if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm getting pretty nervous because I mean, it's one thing to hear all these reports, you know, he doesn't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. But then he misses the first thing. Cause he was partying. Now you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. He really, really doesn't want to be here. Does he like doing uh, everything he can to get traded? Yeah. Like that's clearly what that signals to me. Yeah. I'm starting to lean towards how fun would it be to see a Houston Rocket led team that's just led by John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. Like I'm starting to lean towards get James Harden somewhere where he can win a title, potentially win a title, and let John Wall and Boogie be the leaders of a team with a bunch of just like random talented guys. Yeah. I they wouldn't be great. They wouldn't even pro- they potentially might not be good. They'd be fun. It would be fun. It would be they tough for my guy, fun. Steven Silas, but they'd be fun. They'd be a nuisance, I bet. If they're playing hard, they would be a nuisance. Like, they, they'll feel like a team, like, that shouldn't be good, but is winning a bunch of games. And I mean, think about, like, just if Boogie's health, if they're both healthy, just Boogie, John Wall, pick and rolls all night. Boom, boom, boom. Get Karis LeVert out there knocking down jumpers. Jared Allen blocking shots. You're just, 
I'm a Christian is, Wood. You haven't mentioned my right, boy, right, right, Christian, Christian Wood. Wood. Christian Wood in pick and rolls with John Wall would be nice too. I'm just like assuming that this, if it happens, it's the Nets because I don't know who else has the 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 deal to make other than the the Hawks. The Hawks. The Hawks. Yeah, yeah, the Hawks are the team. Uh, we'll see. But I agree with you. It's just it, when you see him doing stuff like that, and he's not at the first day of practice, you, you it makes it seem like you truly, regardless of any reports, that he's doing what he can to not be there. Yeah, that's my takeaway. And and I'm and I'm starting to think like, hey, let's just for the good of the NBA, like, let's make the Nets a juggernaut or a perceived juggernaut, and let's make the Rockets a, like a fun ass team. Like they're fun <laughs> with they're fun with John with Harden because they're going to be a playoff team and whatever. But a team in 2020 that's led by John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins is super fun. Both coming off horrendous injuries. Both coming exactly. off. Well, Wall coming off a horrendous injury, Boogie coming off like three injuries. Yeah. Coming off two injuries that happened after a horrendous injury. Mm-hmm. But both the same yeah. injury, right. right? Both torn Achilles. Oh, I didn't actually know that that's what Wall had. Okay. I think it's, he had a torn Achilles. It's, it's, he yeah, tore something yeah. because he hasn't played in a long time. Something got torn at some yeah. point. Uh, on the other side, you got Russell Westbrook. Who he said a couple things. One was he said he doesn't plan to change his style of play in Washington. The other thing was they were asked like, you know, you're used to winning and competing, and what do you see the chances of like winning? You know, the opportunity to potentially win a title, and he said it was really high. People took it and ran with it. it like, what else is going? What else is he going to say? Exactly. Other, you and know, this goes right back to the Kyrie Irving thing of like. <laughs> The media is going to distort this and say he's so ridiculous. What the hell is he supposed to say? Like, yeah, we're probably not going to even come close to winning a title this year. He's not going to say that. Like, uh, But, of course, people are going to run with it. It's just a lose-lose for these athletes to be in these press conferences sometimes. But but I will I say know. this. As I was you know, sort of reading articles about this trade and on Twitter, looking at the trade, and then listening to these guys talk, I did want to like sort of go back to something that we talked about a little bit on the show when the trade happened. I think there's this idea that because they had the same contract and because the only deal to make was to move them for each other, that this was an even trade. And I think people have to re- uh, have to understand that at no point in John Wall's career was he even close to Russell Westbrook. And I have always been very hard on Russell Westbrook as a player. You know this forever. I've been hard on mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. But that's mainly because when we talk about Russell Westbrook, we talk about a top five, top 10 player in the NBA when he was doing what he was doing. We've never talked about John Wall that way ever. Like, and it, he's not even close. Like, I think people are just under this assumption that it's a wash and they just swapped the same player. They didn't. Washington got a first ballot Hall of Famer who is still an all-star who has led the league in scoring twice, who had a, who averaged 30 points in a triple double and took a shitty team to the playoffs by himself and averaged a triple double three consecutive years in the NBA. So no matter how much I hated on Russell Westbrook for his, and it wasn't even a hated thing. It was just like a, as good as he is, he'll never be the player who can lead you to a championship because he can't shoot thing. But Russell Westbrook is much better than John Wall. Like, I don't think that it's particularly close. And then when you take into account the last time John Wall played basketball, he was 28, now he's 30. Um, I think people have to get it out of their heads that this was like a fair, like an even trade. It wasn't an even trade. Washington got much better. Washington went from a non-playoff team to a playoff team. And, and we're talking about, like, the Rockets having John Wall and Boogie leading them because it'll be f- a fun shit show. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't you, don't you feel that way? Like seeing people I react do. to it, that people think like, Oh, this was just an even trade because of the money, but it's not an even trade. They got a hall of right. famer. Yeah. And even in terms of like the talent going in each direction, it's not an even trade. I think probably right. the reason I glazed over it is just cause like the Rockets hands were forced completely and they actually got some value in return for Russell Westbrook, which well, that remains to be seen, too. Right. Well, they got the pick. They got the pick. Yeah, they got the pick. Yeah, they get the pick. Right? They um, got a pick. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Um, the other thing, just to kind of go off of that, is when Brad Beal and John Wall were healthy and playing together, like, the Wizards were really good. So, if Russell, we know Russell Westbrook is a step up from John Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the exact same team from a couple of years ago when the, when those Wizards, when the Wizards were a really good team in the East. So... 
the Wizards are are a player in the East for me with Russell Westbrook and Brad Beal. I mean, I think that might be sliding under the radar a little bit just because of how horrible Wizards have been. But this is a playoff team to me. I mean, it, it it's easily well, not I shouldn't say easily because I I didn't even think about it before I was about to say it. But I would I'd go as far as to say as just without going team by team, it's the best backcourt in the East, right? Well, the Hawks. I mean, just because of the depth they have. I mean, Trey Young and uh, the, the second the second leading scorer in the NBA and an All Star who averaged a triple double. Who when he when he wants to averages a triple double at will. Okay. I mean, Trey Young's really good. Yeah. But Trey Young and anybody on that team are not better than Russ and Beal right now. Yeah. Um. I mean, the only. I, I mean, like even. I can't think of a I can't think of a backcourt in the East. I I they you could put them right up there with almost any backcourt in the league right now. Just one two. I mean, are they better than Dame and CJ? Just as good as high of as high as we put Beal right now, right? Because Beal is the cattle is the key there, right? Second in this league in scoring last year, and still maybe hasn't even reached his full potential. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, but it. I mean, in the scope of an eight of the regular season, yes, definitely. I don't know if it extends to the playoffs just because Russell West. Like, I don't know. I still Russell Westbrook's game is just such a bummer sometimes with all the three pointers. That's why I'm hesitant. I mean, there's no. He's such just such a weird player because there's no denying the talent. There's no denying how good he is, but there's also no denying like. He's not going to get a championship anytime soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say this. what One thing that is interesting is he's going, you know, the Scott Brooks thing is interesting, too, because Scott Brooks, they asked Scott Brooks about Russ at practice. And Scott Brooks basically said that, like, at some point in practice, Russell Westbrook interrupted him and was like, man, you run, we're running a lot of the same stuff we used to run in Oklahoma City. So, like, there's a comfort level already. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's going in there already sort of knowing his role and how he fits. And it's not like and, – and again – when he was in Oklahoma City, he was the point guard with Scott Brooks next to a guy who averaged 30 a game. So this is not a new situation for him. Uh, he's just older, and his jumper has gotten worse, which is hard to believe. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're going to be good. I mean, they're going to be good. And in, in, I guess my whole point was just the whole, like, this is even because of the money thing. It's just absurd right. to even think, to even consider John Wall ever cl- as close to what Russ has accomplished or was as a player in the league. John Wall was really good and the, the injury sucks, but here's the other thing when you, when you, and this will be the last thing on this. When you look at the contracts right now, they both look shitty. When Russell Westbrook signed his contract, you understood it. Yeah. He, he, triple double every year. MVP first player to do it since Oscar Robertson, Oklahoma city. You got to do it. When John Wall signed his deal, they were like, holy shit, John Wall is going to make $50 million a year at one point? No, this is not real. Like, e- even the people who were like, John Wall's great, he's an all-star, were like, what the fuck? This is not a real contract. They get to remember back to that, which it seems, again, like ages ago. But no one could believe the deal that John Wall got. Everyone understood Russell Westbrook. You got to give him that money, whether you like him or not. Yeah, I'm with you. I do. Maybe, maybe I'm remember. I mean, I just felt like with the wall contract that he, he was going to get a max from somebody, so the Wizards had to do it. I don't know. I feel like John Wall had been playing at a high enough level where you're like, hey, he's got to get the max, you know? Not but one I, that you were necessarily excited about. But it but. was, I think he was one of the first deals super under like max. when the, when the super max, I think yeah. he may have been the first super max. In fact, or one of the first ones and the cap had gone up substantially. Mm -hmm. So I think when he got his deal, no one understood. I think at least me, I don't think people really understood where contracts were headed and saw it and were like, yeah, he's going to get a max deal. But at the end of his deal, he's going to be making $47 million in a single season. Yeah. It was like, no one deserves that. Even at that time, you're probably like, no one deserves that. But definitely not John Wall, who's averaging 20 and 10. Right, and well, and then you also have you're looking through it the through the lens of two years of injury. It it looks horrible, but yeah, at the time, it right. wasn't ideal at all. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I just wanted to clarify, Russ is better than John Wall. For those of you who 
needed clarification on that, which it seems like maybe there's a few people who do. It's, it's, I still think it's so, don't you think it's crazy the way 180s, these 180s happen in sports in general? But like, you're like, I did not like Russ's game when, even when he was MVP, I was like, this guy, you can't win with this guy. Everyone's like, this guy is one of the best players ever, top five, this and that. And now people like, now he's not averaging 30 and 30, 10 and 10. And people are like, he's a bum. Guy can't play anymore. (laughs) Can't win with Russell Westbrook. Bad teammate. It's just like, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. At 32 years old, most guys aren't going to average 30, 10 and 10. He's still one of the best point guards in the NBA. He's still an all-star. He's still really damn good. Like, and people just are like, get up, get go to Washington. Finish it's, your- and it's NBA Twitter, man. It's how it operates. It's just that's it's cr- so it's true. immediate. It's just such a a recency bias driven thing. And I'm like that too. Like I'm like that all the time too. I'm not like you know uh, damning Twitter or anything. I, I act that way too. But it's I, just the way we are. I'm telling you, man. I have a good gauge for the guys that the that NBA fans are going to turn on down the line. I do. That's true. I have a pretty good gauge for that stuff. Um, and Russ was one of the early, it was one of the like first ones when I realized like, yeah, dude, give it a couple of years. You'll, you'll all see. Uh, last one, we don't have to talk about too much, uh, from the weekend, but I just thought this was amazing. Mitchell Robinson fired Rich Paul, which seems like it was against the rules in the NBA. I can't even imagine a world where a, an NBA player fires Rich Paul. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I thought it was crazy when I saw it. Just like the way Rich Paul runs the NBA right now, who would you rather be with? It's crazy, except when you consider it's Mitchell Robinson. And I I feel like early on, I did did send you an interview with this guy. Like, this dude is a straight-up bona fide, like, movie character. Yeah, there's something... something, He's gotten better. He's gotten better. I remember when you sent me those early high school interviews, I was like... And this is no offense, but like he seemed like he was a little on the spectrum a little bit. Yeah, he did, and but and that really isn't. I mean, it's not everyone. Everyone is on the spectrum, right? But But you know what I mean. Like he he just the way he talked, he was there was something not totally there. But he's gotten. I watched his training camp interviews with the media. Mm -hmm. He's he's speaks a lot better and clearer now and all that. But like I remember when you sent me those. So the point is that I'm trying to make is like this guy's always been kind of like this mysterious dude to me because his athleticism and his ability is fucking crazy. It's off the charts. And it just seems like he's a guy that if he ever puts it together is going to be like really scary. But then you couple that with this kind of like weird character persona. I'm not surprised he fires Rich Paul. I think he yeah. I think this guy's got a lot of headlines in his future where you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, well, I guess I guess the Knicks are already like disappointed with him this offseason that he didn't come in early to work with the new coaching staff like he's just showing up for training camp and that is the opposite of everything we heard his like rookie year like he was apparently coaching the staff the front office loved him for how dedicated he was actually i'm gonna try to find the video have you seen him since not since since the offseason no is he oh my god like all like when he was doing his interviews you can only see him from like the chest like up but um <laughs> uh, when you talk about Hold physical on. tools um like oh he look at him he looks huge he looks closer to Shaq than like yeah i know <laughs> oh maybe he's maybe it's the way he's sitting but his face looks huge like he yeah i don't know but it, i can't tell if he's fat or jacked or what but he does not look like the same person no he doesn't so maybe he just maybe he had a really bad quarantine, and that's why they're unhappy. I mean, his face doesn't look. I mean, he has a beard, so it, it, you can't really tell. But it, I wouldn't consider that like a chiseled jawline. No, he he looks kind of fat to me. Yeah, to be totally honest. Yeah, that's not ideal. No. Uh, we'll see how this. Oh boy, see how this works out for him. I mean, hey, he's he's still a valuable piece. If the Knicks aren't happy, I'm sure they I'm sure they could get some stuff for him because he's yeah, probably one of the more valuable players they have right now with his upside. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, that's all we got from the weekend. The recap headlines. Uh, oh, basketball name of the week. We kind of glossed over. We had already talked about him. Full disclosure: I have 
I didn't really have a, I, I kind of slacked on finding a good name for this week, but I inadvertently maybe found the best name when I was researching John Wall's career stats. I was on basketball reference and I found his full name, which is Jonathan Hildred Wall. His middle name is Hildred. I think that perfectly slots in for NBA name of the week. I've never heard that. It almost seems like it was Hilliard and it was like written poorly. Well, let me double check that. Let me double check to make sure that <laughs> I didn't. No, it's Hildred. I true. Maybe it's just a super old name, but it's <laughs> not really. It's I John, can't name another yeah. Hildred. Jonathan Hildred Wall Jr. And Jonathan is spelled J-O-H-N. A-T-H-A-N, which is also weird. Okay. Because isn't Jonathan usually J-O-N? Yeah, if you're spelling it out, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Normally. Also, his nicknames, according to Basketball Reference, are Optimus Dime. Never heard it. And Pretty tu- good, though. And Tupac. <laughs> what? How is his nickname Tupac? It can't be a nickname. That's... I'm... I... Tupac, like, a lot of people are biggie, like... Biggie's number one. Tupac is my number one favorite rapper of all time. How well also, how is a guy who was born and raised in North Carolina have a nickname Tupac? How can you be from the East Coast and your nickname's Tupac? Tupac spent a lot of time in Baltimore. I think he grew up in Baltimore. And then Tupac before did? going Yeah, he was like a teenage like his teenage years were in Baltimore. So maybe he Yeah, got but what does John Wall was, know about that? John Wall's 30. I'm saying maybe some Jamoke in Washington gave it to him when he showed up there. I don't know. That doesn't no, I don't like that. I don't like uh, the nickname Tupac for him. Is there a two? Is it the two? No, like, no, is it's it spelled he, like the rapper Tupac. Does he wear number two? Ah, this is pissing me off. I'll do some mm, research. I'll yeah, he up. does. He does. But is that why? I don't know. That wouldn't be enough for me. I don't know. He does wear number two. I don't know how you even like came with like came to that conclusion. Yeah, because I remember him in number two. Huh? But that's weird. He was the first pick, though. So, do you yeah, think like, so, if it was number two and the second pick, a lot of twos, then it could work. Let's call him Two Chains, East Coast rapper. He probably wears a chain at some point in his life. Mm-hmm. Any other twos? That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a rapper. It could just be any what anything with the word two in it. Yeah. See, damn it. Since we did that live stream, that dude said we were cringy. Now I'm old. Like, it's when we have, when we try to have fun here, I'm worried if we're being fuck cringy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck yeah, that guy. Cringy's funny, dude. Yeah, deal with it. We're aware. We're self aware, dude. <laughs> I think that's it for today. Uh, leave a comment, subscribe, rate, subscribe to the channel right there. It's like right under Alex, I think. It might be right under yeah. me. I don't know. Uh, leave a comment. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. Later. Later.